21 Marvel Cinematic Universe movies, 6 Infinity Stones, 65 episodes of the podcast, all leading to this moment where Jess and Brandon talk about Marvel movies on episode 66 of the podcast. Cue the music. Welcome, everyone, to the Entertainment Buffet Podcast. I am one of your hosts, Brandon Prosek. And I'm your other host, Jessica Quaz. And oh my gosh, Jess, we, we're like less than 24 hours before the opening of Avengers Endgame. We are. Um, I feel like it snuck up on us very fast. I felt like I just watched Infinity War, and now here we are. Um, I am very excited, as I'm sure many of you are as well. It's going to be monumental, to say the least. Yeah. Uh, like we said in the opening, there, there was 21 movies that led up to this. Like, sure, uh, Infinity War was epic. We all know it was. It was crazy. Uh, it was a year ago. And just like that, uh, we thought that there was a lot of secrecy behind Infinity War. But now there's even more secrecy going into Endgame. And I, I kind of have enjoyed that there's not much going on in the trailers. So instead of us jumping into a preview and predictions and stuff for Endgame, we, we, we figured it'd be a good idea to maybe just review some of our favorite moments from the Marvel Cinematic Universe in general, opposed to trying to spoil ourselves on Endgame. Yeah, I think it's a great idea. I mean, I'm going into Endgame completely blind. I've only seen the trailers. I have not been reading any theories. I haven't been looking into things. I just want to go in there and see what happens. So if we did any sort of preview, I really wouldn't have much to say. So this just makes more sense. Exactly. And I think that's... It's like with any of these big epic movies or cinematic universes, when you go in with too much expectations or predicting too much or too many theories, it could kind of ruin things for you. So opposed to trying to do any of that, we're just going to talk about our favorite moments and uh, things that we loved about uh, this epic journey we've been on in this cinematic universe from 2008 uh, till now for the last 11 years. Wow, that makes me feel really old. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we were, wow. we were, what, 16 when this universe started? <laughs> Jesus, yeah. Wow, wow, wow. 16, 17, something like that. <laughs> um, just for full disclosure, I've seen every Marvel movie except for three. I have not seen Ant-Man or Ant-Man and the Wasp. And I also have yet to see Spider-Man Homecoming. So uh, I knew it. <laughs> still have not. Although one of my really good friends sent me a birthday gift, and it was amazing. I'll have to like post a photo of it on Facebook or something. He um, bought me the Spider-Man Homecoming on Blu-ray, knowing that I've not watched it, and I really had no like intention to go out and find it. Um, but he knows I love Star Wars, so what he did was he put Yoda's face on Spider-Man and put C-3PO's face on uh, Iron Man, 
and wrote over Spider-Man Homecoming the Yoda story as if it were a way to, like, (laughs) trick me into watching it. (laughs) Wow. And on the back of the DVD, like, anything in the description that says Spider-Man, he, like, crossed out and put Yoda. So... (laughs) Wow, there's a lot of effort in that. It was. It was really, like, really great, and it made me so happy. And after all that effort, like, I have to watch it now because he he did that. So I will, and I'm going to try to watch it before Endgame, but I did not get to watch it before this recording. Um... So I don't know how much that would affect my answers, but yeah, just the three are the only ones I haven't seen, which is like pretty impressive out of 21 movies, just not seeing three. I'm still like getting a passing grade for sure. Um, (laughs) So I'm proud of it. I mean, there's some people who like really have only seen like the big Avengers movies. So like I'm doing all right. Yes, I... Uh, I'll admit, I only just within the last month or so caught up. I saw Ant-Man and the Wasp, and then I, uh, just a couple nights ago, saw Captain Marvel, uh, very last minute in the theaters, so I've officially seen all of the MCU movies, um, but I'm very disappointed that you haven't seen Spider-Man Homecoming, mainly because that's one of my favorite ones in the MCU, uh, probably like, yeah, it's in the, probably the top three to five for me. Uh, in MCU. Uh, I think you'll see why when you watch it. Hopefully it hasn't been too hyped for you. Uh, And now I'm wondering, because one of my answers of things we're going to talk about today may be a bit of a spoiler, so maybe I'll have to change my answer so I don't spoil it for you. Well, so here's the thing. (laughs) The same friend who went through all this effort to get me to watch it actually spoiled it for me. So I know... I know, like, the big twist moment, and I think that maybe, oh. the, yeah, and I think that might be why he went into so much effort to get me to watch it, because he was one of the main reasons why I wouldn't, since I already knew the big reveal. But anyway, so I already know all that. Don't worry about spoiling it for me. But, um, yeah, maybe those who are listening who haven't seen it might want to skip that. We'll let you know. We'll let you know. But if you haven't yeah. seen like most of these movies, maybe you shouldn't even like listen to this episode because I feel like it's going to be filled with a lot of spoilers. Uh, I wouldn't say a lot of spoilers, but I mean, yeah, we're go- we're going to cover a good amount, but I feel like like you said, I think most people have seen most of these movies. If not, we may not go into super deep uh deep dive of spoilers or anything. But uh yeah, um, we're going to go over some of our favorite things in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Um, I think, uh, one of the big things from Infinity War, uh, was, uh, the snap heard around the world. Um, I think that's, it, it left things with a lot of questions, people being like, what the fuck? Um, and I think... It's the thing that we've all been thinking about for the last year or so is how are the Avengers going to get out of this? And um, out of all those people that got killed with the snap, uh, Jess, you posed the question, who would we want to save the most from the snapping, if you will, uh, that Thanos did? Yeah, well, you know, I do think that... We already know most of our heroes will be saved. That's not a spoiler. We literally already have a Spider-Man trailer, so Black Panther 2 is confirmed. So, I mean, there's certain things in public knowledge we already know. But, like, let's say if we had to choose only one that we could each save, who would it be? Um, So my answer 
was actually originally a tie, but then I went more practical with it. So, <laughs> so originally I chose Bucky Barnes and Shuri, who's Black Panther's sister. Um, and then I decided I really only wanted to save Bucky Barnes because I find him very attractive and I like I feel like he's a guy that like I could fix, you know, he's like the bad boy where it's like I could I could make his life better. That's not practical. <laughs> that's stupid. You know? Like that's stupid. Oh my god. So I I love him. And his snap moment was like especially tragic for me. I did not handle that well. But you know what? He holds the group back, so I kinda ditched him and I went with Shuri, and here's why. Um I really enjoy her as a character, but she's also super practical. So if I want anyone on my team to help me defeat Thanos, I want her because she knows technology, she knows how to make things work, she knows how to make things happen, and I enjoy her as a person. So it's like a really cool teammate and someone who like I feel like will help me out and push me and my team to better things in the long run. I have great things to show you, brother. Here are your communication devices for Korea. Unlimited range, also equipped with audio surveillance system. Check these out. Remote access Kimoyo beats, updated to interface directly with my sand table. Ah. And what are these? The real question is, what are those? <laughs> Why do you have your toes out in my lap? But you don't like my royal sandals. What's interesting about her too, was we never actually saw her moment in the snap. We didn't know what happened to her, but when um, Marvel released their posters for Endgame, they had um, the ones who survived in color, as I'm sure you all know, and the ones who didn't in black and white, and she was the one in black and white, so that's how we already, like, that's how we learned what happened to her, and I gotta say, when I found out, I was, like, really, really deeply sad, <laughs> like, like, as if she was a friend who I learned disappeared. <laughs> so, uh, my answer's a little out there, but I would say Shuri. Yeah, it's funny. When you first started bringing her up, I did not know that she did not live through the snapping. Um, I, uh, <laughs> not that I doubted you, but I was like, wait, did I miss that scene? And I was like looking it up. And uh, it just said promotional materials confirmed that Shuri was among those killed when Thanos eliminated half of the universe. So I was like, oh, so yeah, that's a Jess with a deep cut. Because, yeah, I did not know that she was included in that. Um, so, yeah, that's uh, I would definitely, Shuri would be one of the people I'd want in the mix of saving from the snap. But I'm going with one that's... To me, was the most emotional snap moment. And sure, we know he has a movie coming out soon, but we never know in what context or how this is going to be. But uh, Spider-Man. Uh, I Obviously, Spider-Man's always been one of my favorites. But also, I guess I look at it in the way, like, he's young and, you know, he's intelligent. And uh, he's obviously already got the bravery and he's got the cool powers. And, like, I think... He's someone that I would want involved in things, uh, going against Thanos or figuring out what to do uh, in Endgame. Uh, that, I don't know, I feel like his moment at the end of the movie really hit everyone hard. 
because uh, he was in the arms of Tony Stark, and Tony, like, had been trying to get him to not come along. He's like, don't be like me, like, uh, don't do this shit, and try to get him not on the ship, but Spider-Man snuck on anyway, and so, like, it was just very heartbreaking for many reasons, and also because he's, like, a kid. He's, like, in high school, and to see him go like that, it's like, fuck, that was, it just hit me to my core, and I think that he's one I would want to save because he's what he is someone I would want going into like a final battle or to save the day type of situation. Someone that just threw caution to the wind. And uh, yeah, so Spider-Man is someone I would want to save from the snap. I mean, I hadn't seen, like I said, I have not seen Spider-Man Homecoming. But still, his moment when he disappears in Infinity War was gut-wrenching, even to me, who hadn't really had a personal tie to that character. I mean, that just, like, punched me in the gut. Start. I don't feel so good. But, uh, so yeah, Shuri and Spider-Man, that's who we'd save from the snap. I think that that's a fantastic duo, because you'd have him out in the field, <laughs> he's fighting away, she's, like, behind the scenes making some, like, crazy, awesome, like, weaponry for him to fight with. Like, those two could, like, conquer the world. <laughs> That's a power couple if I ever saw <laughs> He's, like, probably a little too young, but they could be, like, best friends. <laughs> <laughs> we don't know how old Cherie is, That's true. She, sure. she looks young. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> but, okay. So... Obviously, Thanos was an epic villain who kind of just stomped onto the scene after being in the background for movie upon movie for years and, uh, you know, just destroyed half the universe in a snap. Um, So obviously he's an epic villain and everyone has always loved the villain Loki. But we decided to kind of open up like what what are what was our favorite villain Besides Thanos or Loki, because most people's answers would usually be one or the other. So, Uh, yeah, just like a little thought behind that, too, is, I mean, I don't mean to be shady, but, like, historically, the Marvel villains have not been amazing. Um, And so it's really hard to, like, look at villains aside from Loki or Thanos. They're kind of, like, the easier gets because... Loki has been, like, a favorite villain for years until very recently. Um, Yeah. So, uh, because the villains aren't, like, super amazing, we actually had the same favorite villain. (laughs) Yeah. No, I I completely agree. That's one thing that's been one of the MCU's biggest weaknesses as villains. And so, it's pretty easy why uh, we picked this one, and that's... uh, Killmonger from Black Panther, uh, you know, Michael B. Jordan. Yeah, that was a pretty easy decision for me. Um, <laughs> I would like, you know, um, I would even say I think I liked him more than I liked Thanos. Um, just because I understood Killmonger's reasons more. Like, I did like Thanos's like, dark twisted take on trying to save the world by, like, wiping half of it out. But I could get behind Killmonger's reason for being a villain more. 
um, and I understood who he was as a person. And he was incredibly fleshed out, very dimensional, more so than really like most of the villains, even Loki, um, who I do enjoy. He Loki kind of gets like lost in his shtick a little bit of like, am I good? Am I bad? You don't know. And like Killmonger, we know who he is. <laughs> <laughs> um, so Killmonger, he's just awesome. And like Michael B. Jordan really like killed that character. It worked so many ways. I just really like Killmonger. Yeah, uh, I agree. I mean, uh, Loki, he was always kind of, uh, you know, uh, an entertaining villain. And Tom Hiddleston was very charismatic. But, and sure, Thanos, like you said, I could kind of see the reasons why... He was doing the things he was doing. Like, it sounds terrible. Like, sure, I don't think it should be done the way that he did. But, like, yeah, that's he's not far off. You know, um, uh, <laughs> I like the idea that he thinks he's a hero in his own story. Um, but uh, Killmonger, like you were saying, yeah, I totally see why he uh, thought the things he did. The way he was brought up. And uh, when you find out the origin of, like, Black Panther's dad, uh, T'Challa's dad, killing his dad, and then them being, uh, like, related even, um, you, you, you see why Killmonger does the things he does, even though, he obviously, they're not good things. It's just, you, uh, you can't help but kind of root for him in a way. And, like, I feel like even... The way he goes out in the end is kind of badass. Maybe we can still heal you. Why? So you can just lock me up? No. Mm -hmm. Just bury me in the ocean with my ancestors that jumped from the ships. Because they knew death was better than bondage. That says it all to him right there that, you know, um, I don't know. He is a character that was so well done and it was such an incredible performance that, yeah, it, it's a shame that his character died uh, in, in that way so soon because that's a character I would have loved to see again. Sure, uh, a lot of people were like, oh, give him a spin-off movie. It's like, no, I don't think he needs a spin-off movie. I, I just would have loved to see maybe another Black Panther movie with him involved in some way. But uh, sometimes maybe less is more. Yeah, I was just going to say, I, I hate that he died because I would love to see more of him. But it's also like when a show is so good and it ends on top rather than like burning out and going for like 20 seasons, you know? It's like we get his story, and he ends on top, and we kind of get to have him, like, in that forever. Um, I also really just like how nuanced he is as a villain. Typically, I feel like with Marvel villains, it's very black or white. Like, he did this, he's bad. Um, and with Killmonger, it's very, like, yeah, he did something bad, but he grew up believing this, and yeah, his father. Like, it, there's a lot of gray areas with Killmonger, and I find that really interesting. Um, also, just, like, while we're on the topic of villains, I did have, like, two more that I was debating as my favorites, and that's Red Skull and Hela from Ragnarok, 
But I realized, like, I think I just like their aesthetic more than anything else. Like, I don't think... Like, I think they're super cool, and they're probably up there with, like, the best villains, again, because there's not that many. Um, <laughs> but, like, I like, I like Kate Blanchett's weird headpiece. I do. And I like Red Skull's, like, creepy red face. But other than that, they're not the most uh, exciting. And most of the villains, like, really aren't. So that's my hot take. <laughs> yeah, I think that's something that, like we said, has always been a weakness in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. So one thing that's been a part of uh, pretty much most Marvel movies, even before the Marvel Cinematic Universe over the last like 20 years or so, is uh, Stan Lee with his cameos. <laughs> that has definitely and... been a staple for the last 21 movies. So, Jess, what's your favorite Stanley cameo? My favorite Stanley cameo is actually the most recent one, and that's Captain Marvel. Um, I loved it so much because out of all the cameos, it's probably the only one that actually pays homage to him, which is pretty cool. Um, so usually, as y'all know, he just kind of pops up. He's doing something fun and funky and weird. He's like a crazy old man, or he's like just hanging out on a planet and guardians like he's just doing his own thing and that's so fun but what i really loved about captain marvel was that it was like a nod to him so in captain marvel he's um on a train that captain marvel is like running through and he is looking at a script for mall rats and he keeps repeating the line trust me true believers and he just keeps saying it over and over again as if he's like <laughs> reciting a line and what's really amazing is Mallrats was one of the first movies he actually ever had a cameo, and that was his line in Mallrats. And so I just thought that was so cool because it was a nod to him and his career and all the things he's done, not just like in the Marvel Universe, but everything, and all the people he's impacted. You know, it reminds me of an issue of Spider-Man I did when Peter Parker and Gwen Stacy went lingerie shopping. Of course, the Green Goblin showed up, and he pumpkin bombed the hell out of the place. But aside from that, it, it's pretty much the same thing. Oh my God. Holy shit! Aren't you? Oh, Stanley, hi. And the timing like worked out so well that like when Mar Captain Marvel takes place is when they would have been filming Mallrats, which was just like a cute <laughs> little like time thing. Um, so I loved that like that little piece of like getting not only getting the look and the feel and the aesthetic of like the '90s, right, but also like what would have been going on. So I just loved that. That was my favorite one, and I, it was like it was just cute. It was just cute for him to like be appreciated for who he was in his tiny cameo. Yeah, yeah. Uh, like you said, a lot of his are a lot of fun, and uh, I only just recently saw Captain Marvel, so I almost forgot about his cameo. But now that you said that, and it takes place in the '90s, and it's it could be uh, the script from All Rats. Like that's God, that's so many layers of fun. But so one of his phrases he loved saying was Excelsior. Um, and he gets to say that in his Avengers Age of Ultron cameo, which is one of my favorites. No, 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 no. See, this, this was aged for a thousand years. The barrel's built from the wreck of Grunhild's fleet. 
is not meant for mortal men. Neither was Omaha Beach, Blondie. Stop trying to scare us. Come on. All right. Excelsior. And it's just a fun little cameo where he gets to do one of his catchphrases, and uh, it's him interacting with the Avengers, like actual like face to face. But so often, like he's in the background or on like a computer, on like a TV screen, or like on the news or whatever. Uh, so, but this one, he's at the party at Avengers Tower. It's it's a it's a fun little moment. I also um I have to say. At the beginning of Captain Marvel, when they did, like, the Marvel um, moving logo, and they did it with all of Stan Lee's images, I choked up a little bit. I, I, I got a little yeah. emotional seeing that. Yeah, and I will have to say, have you uh, have you seen Spider-Man uh, Into the Spider-Verse? Not yet. Okay. So there's a Stan Lee cameo in that that, like... Got me really choked up. Mm. <laughs> like, because I think it's because because the movie's animated, I wasn't expecting it, and then all of a sudden it happens, and it's like, oh, oh, oh. <laughs> yeah. Oh, Stan. All right, just um. So obviously, uh, these are action movies, these uh, superhero movies, but they have a ton of. Uh, Crazy spectacle explosions and whatnot. Um, do you, but what's your favorite um, non-action scene? Like all the Marvel movies, you know, not uh, you know them going toe to toe with the villain or explosions or anything super crazy all over the place. But just your favorite non-action scene moment. My favorite non-action scene from Marvel is. Uh, in Age of Ultron, after they're at that party that you referenced earlier, um, the gang, the whole gang, is pretty <laughs> tanked and hanging out, and they get really silly, and they start trying to pick up Thor's hammer, and I just love that scene. I still really love that scene. That's definitely my favorite scene of Age of Ultron, and it's definitely, like, in the top five scenes of, like, MCU movies in general. Um, I just like it because it was such a nice reprieve from everything that we're used to with Marvel movies. It was funny. It was casual. It was the first time, and maybe the only time, really, where we've seen, like, our heroes just be, like, as close to people as possible, um, because they're obviously not people and they never will be, but, like, that was the most, like, just down-to-earth moment, just, like, having them, like, kicking it, like, goofing around, like, let's, like, pick up Thor's hammer, <laughs> and, like, they, like, they can't do it, <laughs> they're, like, ragging on each other, so I, I love that, and I still think about that, and it, like, makes me giggle, um, so that's my favorite non-action scene. <laughs> but it's a trick. No, no, it's much more than that. Uh, whosoever be he worthy shall have the power. <laughs> Whatever, man, it's a trick. <laughs> well, please be my guest. Come on. Really? Yeah. Oh, this is going to be beautiful. Clint, you've had a tough week. We won't hold it against you if you can't get it up. <laughs> <laughs> you know I've seen this before, right? <laughs> <Nine>. <laughs> Still don't know how you do it. Smell the silent judgment. Please. Stark, by all means. That actually is a huge setup for a moment later in the movie that I loved. That was it would have been great just on its own, 
But the fact that it was a setup for a moment later for Vision's character is awesome. That's true. I often forget about that moment where, like, Vision picks it up like nobody's business. Um, And it is a really, yeah, it's a good setup because it's a funny moment and you don't think it has any weight to it. It doesn't really mean much. They're just, like, kicking it. And then later on in the movie, Vision picks it up and you realize how powerful Vision is. So it adds later on as an introduction to Vision, which is really cool. Um... I, like I said, I often forget that moment, so I even forget that that scene has, like, a double meaning to it. Um, but, yeah, I'd say, like, I just... It brings me, like, a weird amount of joy, just, like, seeing these, like, bigger-than-life characters just, like, being as close to normal as we could ever see them. <laughs> Definitely. Um... So mine, we kind of alluded to earlier, my favorite non-action scene is from Spider-Man Homecoming, and it has to do with the twist. Um, So do you full-on know the whole spoiler of the twist? I do, so feel free to talk away. (laughs) (laughs) So I think it's very difficult for, like, blockbuster-type movies to pull off twists. I don't think it happens very much and they don't they don't really go for it um uh, i think that this one man i wish you could have been in the theater with us when it happened like it really took us all like so obviously the whole movie we know that michael keaton's character is the villain and then peter parker really likes this girl liz and he uh asks her out to to uh to the dance and you know it's oh it's gonna interesting let's see how this goes and he knocks on the door to go pick up liz and the door opens and it's michael keaton and like at first it's like holy shit did he like attack liz's parents or whatever like he knew peter would be there or whatever like you're wondering all the shit and he's just like hey come on in you know (laughs) and he he has no idea that like and the whole time you know peter is just like you know is just on edge like sweating bullets and of course they're all just joking like oh it's the you know, it's the dad talk that has him sweating, you know? <laughs> like, oh, it's before the dance. That's why he's so nervous. Um, and I just remember being in the theater and someone in my row literally just going out loud. I don't think they realized they said it out loud, but they're just like, I did not see that coming. <laughs> He literally said it, like, out loud. And, like, I think I said, holy shit, or I said something, but, like, it was just like, oh, man, what the fuck? And the the tension for, like, that scene and also when Michael Keaton gives him a ride to the dance, I think it... And then you slowly see him, like, put the pieces together that Peter may be Spider-Man, which, like... That may have been, uh, I don't know, rushed a little bit. But, like, the way that they shoot the scene and, like, you see Peter's face and, like, Liz has no idea. (laughs) She just has no (laughs) idea that there's this tension between the boys she's going to the dance with and her dad. Um, And, uh, yeah, uh, I think it's just an incredible moment that uh, you don't see coming, but then makes complete sense once it does happen. It wasn't like a, 
Um, it wasn't just fabricated for the sense of having a twist. Uh, I think it was just really well done, and I have yet to see a scene in any other Marvel movie that really like grabbed me like that in such a way that you really didn't see it coming at all. Yeah, I don't think there's ever been quite like a huge reveal or twist like that in another Marvel movie. I mean, it's really... It's so hard for them to keep details under wraps, especially when it's something like so major to the plot like that. So it's really cool that they were able to like do something like that and do it successfully. Definitely. Well, Jess, um, we're getting down to our, our final couple of categories we wanted to talk about. Um, most of the people left at the end of Infinity War were a lot of the uh, original Avengers, the, the OG team, if you will. Um, you know, the original team being uh, Hawkeye, Black Widow, Thor, Hulk, uh, Iron Man, and Captain America. So, uh, of all those people, uh, considering some of them may not live to the end of Endgame... Who, who Who's your favorite original Avenger member? So my favorite original Avenger member might be a uh, interesting or controversial pick because I don't think a lot of people pick this character. My favorite is actually Thor. Um, I really like Thor. I His movies have not always been amazing, especially the second one. Yikes, that is... Of real <laughs> injustice. Um, but I, one thing I really just like about Thor is that he's a god. Like, just like, <laughs> come on, he's a god. Like, yeah, like everyone's super powerful and they all powers and it's super cool. And like, Tony made a whole suit that's super cool. But like, Thor is a god. There is like no competition with God. A god, I'm sorry. Um, <laughs> like, I just... I, I fell in love with him. Um, I mean, I liked the first Thor a lot. I like the visuals of it. I think it's fun. It's not the best movie ever made, no, but I like it. You could call it a guilty pleasure, maybe. I don't know. Um, but then I really, really, really fell in love with Thor in a very specific moment um, in the first Avengers when they're all fighting. And he just, like, very cockily is like, you humans are so petty. <laughs> just like, you're so stupid, all of you, you little peasants. And I was like, he's uh, amazing. Like, he knows his place. <laughs> <laughs> he, he knows that he's better than everyone. Put on the suit. Let's go a few rounds. <laughs> People are so petty and tiny. So how much of this has to do with you having the hots for Chris Hemsworth? I mean, who, d- <laughs> who doesn't? Brandon, I'm sure you... <laughs> who doesn't? Like, he's a beautiful specimen of a human being. None of us can deny this. Like, he's insanely gorgeous. But, like, the, it's, I, it's really the character of him that I really like. I do. I like his weird, like... <laughs> His, his weird humor, like, where he doesn't, like, fully get humans and, like, he sticks out. Like, I, I like the way he interacts with people. Um, I hated his love story, though. That whole Jane storyline was a nightmare. Um, but, like, I like, other than that, I like how he interacts with people. I like how interested he is in, like, trying to act like a human. And sometimes it's, like, such a shit show. Um 
But yeah, he's also a total babe, too, of course. <laughs> but, but I just like Thor a, a whole lot. And um, I love Ragnarok, too, even if Dark World is terrible. I'll watch the first one. I feel like the Thor franchise kind of had a resurgence with Ragnarok. I feel like the first one, they kind of did it because they needed something for the first Avengers to introduce him. Second one, they I don't think they knew what they were doing and there was problems with the direction. Third one, I think they decided, like, let's just have fun. This is a weird character and weird, you know, let's make it a weird space thing, almost like Guardians. Um, so I wouldn't doubt if they do a Thor 4 or other Thor movies because it feels like a new uh, a new angle you can tackle Thor with now that you've kind of figured him out a little bit. Um, yeah, I totally but, agree that like he's kind of back on the upswing. He's always kind of a little bit been in the shadows of everyone else. And that could just be because his standalone movies were not good. Um, side note on that. I find this fact super interesting. Originally, um, you mentioned the direction being so messy. Um, Originally, Patty Jenkins was on to direct uh, The Dark World. And she was signed and going to do it, but she started noticing issues with the production, with what Marvel wanted to do, with the creativity behind it. And she actually pulled out. And her reason being was that she could see that it was going to be a disaster. And the way she felt was that she would be the first female to direct a superhero movie and it would be a fail. So she didn't want to put that on like female directors from having a future with superheroes, which I think is so cool um, that she was like, "Uh, nah, like this could go really bad. And like this could be salty for my career and for like women to come. So like. Nah. And she was so right. And I just thought that that's... I, I always find that super interesting, um, that she gave up such a huge gig just because she didn't believe it. And I, I just trust your gut, people, because Patty Jenkins did, and she's doing really well now. <laughs> yeah, one would say she's doing decently well. <laughs> yeah, she's doing all right. She's doing all right. <laughs> so my favorite original Avenger... I was really torn. Uh, there's different angles, you, you know. Uh, I think I just had to go with Captain America, though. Um, Steve Rogers. I I think it's because, although he does have some powers, you know, he has, like, some super strength added with the, the super soldier serum and whatnot. Um, he's also just, like, a good person, um, like, opposed to, like, Tony, who had to, like, go through some shit to, like, learn a lesson, and, like, Thor was kind of a bratty, uh, <laughs> bratty thunder god. Uh. See, it sounds like the things you don't like about Thor are the things that I do like about Thor. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think there's been a change of Thor over time, but, uh, yeah, I... I don't know. I feel like Captain America, he's a good leader, and he he just always... I mean, there's the moment in the first Captain America movie when Tommy Lee Jones' character uh, is, like, they're at, like, this training thing, and he just, like, throws a grenade. I was like, grenade! And, like, Steve Rogers just jumps on the grenade and says, like, everyone get back! And, like, it was a dummy grenade. Like, it wasn't real. But it was, like, that's... 
the kind of person that he is is that he'll throw his life uh, for others um, just because he know he that's he's he literally is a hero, and I think like sure there are reasons why that Iron Man could be your favorite or others I I. I um, I could have went controversial and went with Hawkeye, but <laughs> <laughs> is he anyone's but, uh, favorite? <laughs> I mean, I also like the fact that he's just like him and Black Widow are just people. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I don't know. I, I have to go with Captain America. Um, I, I I think based on something we're gonna talk about soon, I, I his his character has been very interesting to follow over time. But yeah, uh, so that's my favorite OG Avenger, and uh, Jess, I guess we should, um, this will be a good transition to what happens to be both of our favorite Marvel Cinematic Universe movie. Yeah, out of 21 movies, you and I settle on only one to be our favorites. That is really funny. Um, My favorite is Captain America the Winter Soldier, as is yours. (laughs) Um... (laughs) Well, speaking of Captain America, I have to say that I actually found Captain America to be pretty dull until this movie. Um, I didn't hate Captain America the First Avenger, but I didn't love it. Um, To me, the other characters were just a little bit more exciting in the original Avengers. And then it was Winter Soldier where I really got it. I really got his character and found him to be really interesting. Um... I think what I really, really like the most about Captain America Winter Soldier is that out of all the Marvel Cinematic Universe movies, this is the one that's, like, grounded in reality the most. Um, At least it kind of feels that way. Uh, Where, of course, there's, like, big, spectacle, crazy things happening, but they're all things that feel like there is maybe a possibility that it could happen. Um... I like uh, Bucky. I really do. Bucky Barnes is one of my favorite characters. Um, And I just find his storyline to be incredibly interesting. And it's Winter Soldier where you start to learn about him and what happened to him and why he is the way he is. And seeing that is, I think, what really made me like him a lot was that he had this twisted past and there are reasons why he's at, is the way he is. And there are reasons why Steve feels, like, so inclined to help him. Um, and I think that movie and that relationship is obviously what carried us into, like, future movies. I mean, um, Civil War, the whole plot is surrounded by it. And then that has an effect on where characters are at in Infinity War. And, you know, so on and so forth. So I think that that's also really interesting that, like... I felt like the first original Avengers movies were laying down the groundwork on who the Avengers were, and we saw that in the first Avengers movie, and then Captain America Winter Soldier added onto that foundation and expanded it and pushed the Avengers to where they are at now. Um, So I think it had a really big impact in the universe as a whole, and I just think it's like a fantastic movie, and I think it's one where you literally don't have to see any Marvel movie at all. You can just go into it and, like, find it really exciting and really fascinating. No, I I completely agree that I think seeing the first Captain America movie and even the first Avenger movie, that um, uh, Captain America is a little dull compared to the others because he's kind of like a, 
you know, he's like Superman, where he's kind of like a, a Boy Scout, like a goody two-shoes. Like, it doesn't seem like there's any flaws to him. Uh, but, like, Winter Soldier, I think, was a movie that... I, I mean, sure, I was excited for it because it was another Avengers movie. But I had no idea that it'd be so good. Like, it, and to be so good that now, five years later, it's still, without a doubt my favorite MCU movie um and most of my favorite action scenes are from that movie from the opening scene when they're on the like the sub uh submarine ship to the elevator scene before we get started does anyone want to get out and to me like one of my favorite scenes is on the highway when when winter soldier uh attacks them uh, him and Falcon and uh, Black Widow. Uh, yeah, it's that movie is so good from the action to the twists to um, something that really changed the whole fabric of the MCU. Uh, the fact that Hydra had been infiltrating S.H.I.E.L.D. since the beginning. And what's funny is right around that time, they were doing an Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. show uh, to where that shook up that entire show uh they the like that moment with shield and hydra and all that that shook up the entire marvel cinematic universe because shield is such a big part of it and i think it was very interesting to see it was also like we saw him in the first avengers movie but like his first movie was back during World War Two, so we saw how he dealt with things then. But, like, Winter Soldier is our first chance to see him dealing with the real world and dealing with the modern world. Any movie has yet to top it. Some people think Infinity War did. Some people think Black Panther did or Spider-Man Homecoming. But for me, it's, it's really hard to beat Winter Soldier right now just because there are little to no flaws in that movie for me. I agree, and I think... There are, of course, movies that are amazing that have come after it, but it just didn't have the same effect that Winter Soldier had while I was watching it. Like, yeah, of course, Infinity War is incredible, but also Infinity War compared to Winter Soldier is like apples to oranges because Infinity War was such a uh, spectacular kind of movie. It was, like, huge, and it's just not the same to what Winter Soldier was doing. And, like, you were talking about the action sequences, too. Those action sequences also feel very grounded in reality compared to the ones that are Infinity War or, you know, yeah. even, like, Iron Man movies. Like, they're just very different. And this, I think, is the style, everything it was doing, the fight scenes, the character moments, and then what the ripple effect it had on for the rest of the movies is what makes it my favorite. Definitely. And I agree. Um, you know, obviously these are superhero movies. There's going to be a lot of things that aren't realistic. But I agree in the sense that it is fun because Winter Soldier is grounded in some reality. And I also think another thing, too, was this was a great film for Black Widow as well. Because uh, she was in the first Avengers. She had a little bit in Iron Man 2. But this was like, I feel like she was like pretty much the second lead 
uh, in Winter Soldier where she got to have some screen time, some character work with Steve, and I like they didn't go the easy route of making them like a love like love interest to one another. Like I think they kind of teased it and joked with it, but I think they both realized that like no like they're kind of like partners uh, in. I don't want to say in war, but, uh, like, they're teammates, and they have, like, an understanding, and so uh, I think that's also a great film for how they handled her as well. I agree. I actually also didn't care that much for Black Widow until this movie, and then I really liked her after it, so it was a good movie for both of them. Definitely. Well, now I I think we need to end this episode so we can both go rewatch it. (laughs) Yeah. <laughs> now I want to watch it. maybe Infinity War before tomorrow. <laughs> oh, yeah. Maybe Spider-Man Homecoming while I'm at it, too. We'll see. All right, guys. Well, what are your favorite moments from the Marvel Cinematic Universe? What are things that uh, we missed? Um, we'd love to hear your thoughts. What are your favorite movies? Maybe once Endgame is done, we'll eventually do a ranking of all these Marvel movies somehow uh, and see what you guys think. But uh, please comment, tweet at us, do what you got to do to get in contact with us so we can hear your opinions and we can talk about them maybe next episode. Yeah, and also don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe to us. Um, Maybe you didn't agree with us. Still give us five stars and write a review. (laughs) Let us know in the comments, not in the stars. (laughs) Yeah, that good old rate, review, and subscribe. But uh, just when they're not rating, reviewing, and subscribing, where can they find you on the social media? I can be found on Instagram and Twitter, at JustQuaz. So, yeah, let's be friends. (laughs) <laughs> you can follow me on Instagram and Twitter at the pros T H E P R O Z E, and yeah, uh, reach out to us guys. And uh, as always, follow Entertainment Buffet and the Entertainment Buffet podcast everywhere you can. And yeah, we hope that you all survive the end game. Ooh, I hope you all survive the snap. The snapping. The snapping. <laughs> <laughs> all right, bye. All right. We're in the end game now.